Good morning. Um, my name is Jamar Williams, like Scott said. I'm the pastoral intern here at Newcastle. And the title of my message is called The Glory of the Sun. I'm not talking about the sun, which gives us light and vitamin D, and even sometimes sunburns, but I'm talking about the Son of God, the one who existed before anything we can see in this world. And the big idea of this message is for us to um, is for Jesus is us is for us to see Jesus is more glorious is to know that Jesus is more glorious than we can even recognize. In this text, we get a peek at Jesus and his glory. But before we read the text, I wanted to take a survey. It won't take long. So, if you have 2020 vision, you may raise your hand. Okay, we have some people here with perfect vision. You can put your hands down. Now, if you have glasses or you have contacts, you may raise your hand. Okay, you see some people that need a little extra help. Now, there's a, um, another one. Let's see, people who need glasses or contacts but don't wear them. You may raise your hand. <laughs> Okay, so he's in denial or living on the edge. And I'm one of those people too. So there is one more category that I didn't mention because I'm sure no one fits into the blind category. I'm not talking about a little blind or half blind. I'm talking about completely blind, living in darkness and we should thank God that we can all see. Even though we can see, we might not be able to recognize who Jesus truly is. Now, Mark chapter eight speaks about blindness. We see how the Pharisees were those who were regarded as masters of the scriptures. Even though they were masters of the scriptures, they still couldn't see who Jesus truly was. Then we see the disciples being concerned about food after Jesus has fed 4,000 with seven loaves and a few fish, as if they didn't see what Jesus had just done. They have seen what he had done, and they still needed help, like people that wear glasses or contacts. Jesus opens the eyes of a blind man in Bethsaida. He could see Jesus. He couldn't see Jesus or anything else. But Jesus slowly opens his eyes so that he may see. The disciples know that Jesus is Christ, and they will see him in his glory. Now, if you have your Bibles, you may turn to Mark chapter 9. We're going to start reading at the second verse. Please stand for the reading of the word of God. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, 
as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified and a cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. And they asked him, why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? And he said to them, Elijah does come to restore all things. And how is it written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever they pleased, as it is written of him. That's the reading of the word of God. You may be seated. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, please be with us as, as I preach your word. Make my words clear, and may it reach their hearts, Lord. Open their hearts, make them soft to hear your words. Let them see you for who you truly are. Let them be in all of your glory, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. big idea is Jesus is more glorious than we can recognize. So first we're going to start by looking at Jesus and what happened while they were on top of the mountain. So six days had passed since Jesus told the disciples about his death. Jesus is their teacher their best friend, and most importantly, he's the son of God. They don't want him to leave them. How would you feel if your parent told you that they were going to die? It would probably be sad. You might be depressed, even brokenhearted. And you might have a lot of questions. Those are some of the things that the disciples were wrestling with. Jesus told them, if they truly wanted to be his disciples, they would have to take up their cross daily and follow him. They were wondering what he meant by taking up their cross. Jesus takes some of his friends with him to pray, as he would do at other times. And I know it's a privilege to pray with the Lord. And while the other apostles are down um, while the other apostles stayed behind and ministered to the people. And I know they had a tough time ministering because they couldn't do it without Jesus. Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Usually when we go on a road trip, we, take, we can't take all of our friends with us. 
Like if you and your friend wanted to go to a trip to Chicago, usually you're not gonna take 12 of y'all. It's not gonna be 12. You take your inner circle, those that are closest to you. So Jesus chose the apostles that were closest to him. We don't know what mountain they were on. Most scholars believe that they were on Mount Hermon because they were in the village of Caesarea Philippi, which is at the bottom of Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is the tallest mountain in Israel. So how many of you have ever been on top of a mountain or have been hiking? Okay. And when you're on the top of the mountain or hiking, usually when you get to the top, the view is so beautiful, right? But seeing Jesus' glory is better than that. Now, as they're going up the mountain, Jesus finds a place for them to pray. The, the disciples probably thought it was just another regular time of prayer. But this time it was different. Because as they're praying, Jesus starts to change. Jesus' face shines like the sun. A man's face is shining. Imagine the person next to you. Their face begins to shine. You would be a little freaked out, right? Moses' face would also shine with glory after he was in the presence of God. And the people of Israel would be terrified. Jesus' face wasn't shining because he was in the presence of God. His face was whiter than the sun because he is God. That is who he truly is. He's God. Look around for a person with something white on. Maybe they have a white shirt, white pants, maybe white shoes. Do you see how white it is? Jesus was whiter than fresh snow. And the whiteness of their shoes or their shirt is nothing in comparison to how white Jesus was. Jesus has changed before Jesus has changed before them. He usually looked like a normal person, like a normal man, just like us. His clothes were dirty and his face was sweaty from walking up the mountain. But now they see him as God, as Jesus reveals his true self to them. The disciples are in awe of the glory of the Son of Man, and we should be too. They know that Jesus is the God-man. Not only that, something else happens. Two more men appeared, and they are able, now they're able to see Moses. The man God chose to rescue the people of Israel out of Egypt and to give them the Ten Commandments. Moses represents the law. And in seeing Moses, they know that there is a heaven. If they had any doubts about life after death, this puts it to rest. They, they're also able to see Elijah, the great prophet. 
with faith in God's power, he was able to stop the rain, make it rain fire, and raise a boy from the dead. He was the one that was called out of this world into the heavens by a whirlwind and a chariot of fire. These are two great heroes of the faith. And they're talking to Jesus about his death on the cross and encouraging him. As the disciples were amazed at what they were seeing, Peter knew that what they were seeing was something special. He felt like they shouldn't even have been there. But he was like, since we're here, why do, I'm going to do this for you, Jesus. I'm going to build a tent for you. I'm going to build one for Elijah. And I'm going to build one for Moses. He wanted the moment to last. Wouldn't you want the moment to last if you were with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah? I know I would. Have you ever had a moment in your life that you wish would have lasted longer? So what are you looking at? Are you looking at the world or are you looking at Christ? If you are not sure what you are, we are going to check. So if you're watching things that are inappropriate on your phone or on your TV, it could be violence, sex, or bad words. And if you're watching your friends do the wrong thing, you are more likely to imitate the people you hang around. And if your life is filled with looking at what is wrong, you are not living a life that glorifies God. You are looking at the world. As a young man, I wasn't looking at Jesus. I was looking at all the evil things this world has to offer. I thought I was cool, but I wasn't. I was in darkness and I didn't even know it. Even though I believe and know Jesus died and rose for me now, I still struggle. I still have to look to Jesus for help because I, I still live in this body of flesh. So the main thing is that we must believe in Jesus and look to him. I have a question for you. You have seen the glory of the sun. How do you respond to seeing the glory of Christ? You can choose to follow the light or you can continue to follow the darkness. Jesus is the light of the world, and whoever follows him will not walk in darkness. You can follow your family, friends, and your passions. But if they are not helping you follow Jesus, what are they doing to your life? We should follow Jesus more than anything else. We can follow him by praying to him, doing the things that he would approve of, and looking at and watching videos that help us know him better. Have you made that decision to follow Christ? Maybe you think it's too hard. And guess what? 
You're right. We can't follow Christ in our own strength. We can ask him to be our savior and he will help us live a life that glorifies him. We've just seen how we need to look at Jesus. Next, we need to listen to Jesus. Moses and Elijah go away. A cloud comes and covers them with shade. But this isn't a regular, this isn't a regular cloud because out of this cloud comes a voice. A voice like none other. They heard the voice of God. And he doesn't give them advice about the future. He doesn't tell them everything is going to be okay. He doesn't even answer Peter's question about building the tents. God tells them what they need to hear. The father confirms the son. They hear the voice of the creator of the universe. The I am that I am. And he tells them that Jesus is his son. Just as he told John the Baptist after he baptized Jesus in the wilderness, God said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. God said, Jesus is his son. We don't have to be unsure of who Jesus is. He is the son of God, not just his son, He is beloved. He is loved by God above all others. What do you love more than anything? Is it family? Is it your friends? Is it sports? Or is it something else? I believe in order to love God, you need to love the things that he loves. And since he loves the son... We should love the sun, not like we love to watch a certain movie or even like we love a certain person. We are to love Jesus more than anything. We have to love him like he's our God, like we can't do anything without him. Jesus should be first on our love list. One thing you can do is to ask him to be first in your life. Let him know that you have been putting others before him and you want him to be first and you don't know how to do it, but you can ask him and he will help you. And because Jesus is the son of God, we need to listen to him. God said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him, not just hear his words. We hear words on Sunday morning, during Wednesday youth meetings, during family devotionals. But if we hear the word and don't do what it says, we are not really listening. Like when you hear your mom ask you to clean your room and you don't clean it. You heard her, you just didn't listen. My mom would tell me to do things and I would forget all about it. 
Now my girlfriend tells me to do things, and I forget all about it. I'm just not listening. Everything that Jesus says is true. And if we are listening to him, that means we are obeying his words. Just because we listen to Christ, that doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy. We're still going to suffer in this life. But just remember, we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And blessed are those who hear the word and obey it. The moment has passed and everything is back to normal, as if they were first coming up to the mountain. And as they go back down the mountain, Jesus tells them to keep a secret for a while just until he has risen from the dead. So they couldn't say anything to anybody about what they had saw on the mountain. They had to listen to Jesus right away, even though they still didn't understand what he was talking about when he said raising from the dead, even though this is the second time they have heard it. Let me read to you what Peter had to say about that day on the mountain. The Apostle Peter. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths. When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. I would love for God to talk to me from the clouds. Would you love to hear God's voice? Would you like to hear God call your name? That would be amazing, right? Peter said, even though it was a great experience, we have something better. We have the complete word of God. We have the Bible. We don't have to guess what God wants us to do. He tells us exactly what he wants us to do in his word. So if you want to hear God, if you really want to hear his voice, then read the Bible out loud. Or you could listen to somebody else read the Bible. You don't have to read the whole Bible in six months or a year. You can take your time. You can enjoy the word of God. You can read a chapter a day, but don't rush through it. Dwell on that chapter. Enjoy your time with God. 
and throughout the day remember what you read. Listen to what God is saying and do what the scriptures say. So God is speaking to you. Are you listening? We're going to move on from listening to Jesus to tell others about Jesus, which is our last section. The disciples didn't want to tell Jesus that they couldn't understand what he was saying. When he said, until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Instead, they decided to ask another question. And they asked him, why? Why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? The scribes were speaking about Malachi 4, Malachi chapter 4, which talks about Elijah coming before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. The disciples were trying to figure out why they had just seen Elijah on top of the mountain and how that aligns with scripture. But Jesus lets them know that the scribes are right and Elijah must come first before everything can be restored. The scribes know the scriptures, but not as well as they thought they did because their hearts were still too hard to see who Jesus truly was. They were blind, even though they thought they had 20-20 vision. And Jesus lets them know that Elijah actually has already come. Elijah came in the form of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was similar to Elijah. He cleared the way for Jesus to come, preaching to people, telling them to repent while he was in the wilderness, telling them to turn back to God just as Elijah tried to do to the people in Israel. He wanted them to repent and follow God. But they didn't want to let go of their idols. The scribes didn't understand that the scriptures spoke of John's coming. He is the one that was crying in the wilderness until the Lord came. They did whatever they wanted to to John because they thought he was crazy. He was eating honey with grasshoppers. John even rebuked the, lead, the religious leaders. He spoke the truth so much that it eventually got him beheaded. He just couldn't help but to speak against evil. Jesus also tells them the son of man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt. He talks about himself being the son of man. And the disciples would have thought about this in, in Daniel chapter 7. So when they hear the word son of man, they refer back to Daniel chapter 7, which says, And behold, the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of Man. 
And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that should not be destroyed. In these verses, we see how the Son of Man will come and have dominion. And he will be glorious and have a kingdom. And how everybody will bow down to him and worship him. And his kingdom will never pass away. So the disciples think this world is about to be over. And the Lord's kingdom is about to come. Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, I must die as I told you about a week ago. That he must suffer. That he will be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes and be killed. The disciples still couldn't understand the truth. That Christ would die on the cross and rise again. They only had the picture of him coming to take over. Not of him coming to serve and die. Christ Jesus has come to save sinners. And the way he has come to save us is by his blood on the cross. That's how we are saved, not by something we do, but what Jesus but by what Jesus has done. The work is finished. We just have to repent and believe. We are able to tell others what Jesus was trying to get them to understand, that he would die and raise again. How are you pointing others to Christ? Here are some ways that you can point others to Christ. First, you can do it by your actions. People should see that you are a follower of Christ by the way you act. At school, when you're with the other kids, if they're doing the wrong things, going the wrong way, you shouldn't do it. You should make sure that you intentionally do the right thing and do what will please Christ. Some people may just think that you're a good person since you don't do all the bad things that everybody else do. So another way that you can help people know Christ is by talking about him. Letting people know who you believe in and why you believe in him. I know it's not always easy. When I used to go out and do outreach and share the gospel, I was always nervous, always nervous. But we would pray about it, and then we just go out there. So you can pray and ask God to give you boldness and courage to declare his name. So when you're around your friends or even people you don't know, you can ask God for help to be a witness for him.
Your approach might be different than everybody else's. Everybody has their own way of sharing the gospel. Find something that works for you. Glorify God by telling others about Jesus. We have examined Jesus' transformation on the mountain. The first thing we talked about was looking at Jesus as we have seen, as we have just seen his glory, as he has shown his glory to his disciples. They were able to see who Jesus truly was. He was like a hero taking off his mask and showing himself to his closest friends. So how does this change your view of Jesus? Now that you have seen his glory, what will change in your life? You can start by walking in the light, getting out of the darkness, turning from sin. Jesus gave up those things. Give up those things that lead to death. Give in to the things that lead to life. Say yes to God. Say yes to Christ. Ask Jesus to help you walk in the light. Look to him because he is the true light. Next, we talked about Jesus. The, fa the father told the disciples the, the father told the disciples that Jesus is his beloved son, and to listen to him. Will you do what God told his disciples to do? Will you listen to the words of Jesus and not take them for granted? Sometimes we hear a voice so much that we start to tune it out. It can be a little brother or a little sister or it could be a nagging parent. Don't let the word of God become like that to you. Listen to what God is saying. So I challenge you this week to start listening to God's word. Allow it to change your life. Obey it. You can start by reading a chapter a day. If you feel like you don't have time for a chapter, you can read a verse a day. But let the word dwell in you so that you may be changed. The last thing that we talked about is to tell others about Jesus. Now, I know sharing is hard because it's hard for me. But share your faith with others. Because we know that people need to hear the gospel. We don't have to worry about what they will say or what they will do. 
we, make, we, we must take the focus off of ourselves. And we're not even supposed to focus on the person. We must focus on Christ. We want his name to be glorified. We want his name to be known around the world. So even in fear, we still share the gospel. Today, I have strived to help you recognize Jesus and see him and his glory. My prayer is for you to follow Christ. So what's one thing that you can take from the word of God and start applying to your life today? Looking to him, listening to him, or telling and even telling others about him. Choose Christ today. It might be hard, whatever you choose to do, but Christ is worth more than anything you can imagine. Please pray with me. Father, we, we thank you for giving us your word. Lord, we, we love you and, and thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for our sins. Please help us learn to, to read your word and grow in your word and obey what you have told us to do. We thank you for allowing us to see your glory today. Please help us as, as we strive to glorify you throughout this week. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ooh.